I'm a little sleepy. I went to the zoo. That place is a zoo. You go to so many places on Saturdays that I am just adamantly never going to go to. Number one, the kids club. Never going there on a Saturday unless it's a birthday party for a kid and then I'll go. Number two, anywhere else. Saturdays are my hermit crab days. They're my recovery days for the whole week. And this is hard because, you know, I have a a wife and children that stay at home during the week for the most part. Um, They have some activities now that get them out of the house more frequently, but still they're there doing their school stuff and living life. So on the weekends and at nights uh, during the week, they want to get out. And I'm just like, hey, I want to stay in and never leave. Um, so it's, it's this constant uh, conflict. But yes, I, I'm always amazed at how, well, I mean, it's just difference in social energy between the two of us. But, you know, you're a lot more sociable than I am. There for a long time, you would text me every Saturday and, and, and say, hey, at the kids club, you guys should come. And I thought after like the third or fourth time that you would, you know, give up. But you just, you're so persistent. But the zoo on a Saturday? Speaking of zoos, so we went to Colorado this summer, and we went to this place in Keensburg, Colorado, which is about an hour north east of Denver. And in Keensburg, Colorado, they have the Wild Animal Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And the Wild Animal Sanctuary <laughs> is... Look to your left, folks. You got a wild Tebow out there throwing touchdowns in overtime. No one can never believe it. Hey, man, beast, beat the Steelers what you got to do. We went to the Wild Animal Sanctuary and the Wild Animal Sanctuary is about 900 acres. Wow. And for years, they weren't open to the public because they're really about their acreage and leaving the animals alone and letting the animals be animals and not attractions, Yeah, basically. So they eventually built what they call the uh, Mile Through the Wild, which is like built 20 feet up in the air and so you walk, it's like a mile and a half. You walk this mile and a half that's 20 feet up in the air above these 900 acres. Sounds like a classic setup for a Jurassic Park movie. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and it's awesome because they have tons of big, ferocious animals. They have like 25 lions, like 40 bears, 17 tigers. And they're just roaming. And it's really, really dang cool. And you're way up high and you see them. And uh, it was it was way better than any zoo I've ever been to because they just have a lot of room. Like they're not like caged up. It's not like they can just like go wherever they want to. But they have a lot of room. They actually like live in prides because they can put so many of them together because they have so much room. It was really really neat. That so, does sound cool. It was awesome. I unfortunately don't ever get to go to Colorado again. Probably so. you never will. Yeah, you've <laughs> kind of burned that bridge. But uh, you know, if I'm ever there, I'll uh, I'll mention it. Absolutely. You should. That's a great place to go. Kids loved it. It was very, very good. Let's follow up. It's time for follow up. It's been a while since we've recorded. so You might remember these things that we talked about before. So let's follow up. I'm a little little tired. I'm I'm slightly, I don't know that I'm cranky. I'm just kind of edged up from... The okay. usual. And if I remember back to two and a half weeks ago, I think I was pretty edged up on the for the post-September uh, Apple event. 
So well, we were both very unhappy with the naming conventions. Got edged up about the naming conventions, and I, you know, oh, I got to tell you a story. First. Go for it. Um, <laughs> so we uh, we have life group. This is the Wednesday after, right? Because when it was on a, it was on a Wednesday, the event. Yeah, so That's it was right. that night after. Well, no, it couldn't have been because it was after we had recorded. Okay. So it must have been the Wednesday after we recorded. Um, me and the two people that I know that actually listened to to the podcast with some amount of regularity. Hello, two people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, one of them says, well, I, uh, I ordered my Max," And the other one said, I didn't know you were in the market for a computer. And it was legit real. It was not making a joke. It was, he really thought he was buying a laptop. Yeah, man. And I was like, I can't wait to tell Philip this story. So... <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's just gonna happen over and over again. Can you imagine being in the freaking store? Yeah. Let alone out in the wild. But to be in that store, I if I was an Apple employee, I I would just keep a tally of like how many miscommunications we have because of the naming yeah. of our parent company. It's just ridiculous. Well, fortunately, it probably won't be that bad because they'll probably know what they mean because they'll say something like, "Yeah, I need that XS Max," <laughs> which will be a which will be a tip of the hat to the phone, and you know, right? Not a Macintosh, right? Yes. Oh, gracious name! But for real, he seriously thought that he was talking about computers. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Oh goodness gracious! I have since in the in the past two and a half weeks, I have held in my hand a 10s Max, and I've also held on my wrist a 44 millimeter Apple Watch Series Four. So I have seen some of these creations out in the wild. I don't own either one of them, so. We did have some serious back and forth on the the phone situation because my wife continued to complain about her seven and, you know, I continued to drop hints about we can take care of this. You should get her a 10R. Well, I don't know because she, I handed her the, the, the Max, the 10S Max to be specific. And she was like, this is way too big. And the 10R is even bigger, right? Then, or it's not bigger. It's it's close though, right? the The plus is the biggest. It's bigger right? than the 10. Okay, so the 10R is s- smaller than the Max. Not, and the Max is just barely smaller than than the old plus size phones. And she, she's like, yeah, that's too big. And then I handed her my 10, and she's like. Yeah, this is good. I can do this. Yeah. So I really think that the 10R on paper and in my wallet would be a better choice. But size-wise, I just don't think, I don't know. I could see her dropping it even more than she currently drops phones. And so... You know what I think about this? Yeah, she just needs a, you know, a, a dynamite case. 
Yes. Which is, which is you know, it's going to happen. But I I don't know. I don't know when we're going to buy her a phone. I really don't. I think you could you you could also buy her a a 10 aftermarket. And I think that would be a great option. Yeah, that is another option. Um we did since land on and I don't know if if we I don't think we had this conversation on the show, but I found out that she is not a fan of hand-me-downs. Cuz my whole plan was I'll get a 10s. I'll give you my 10, right? I mean, you're you don't really care about this. Um and while she doesn't really care She doesn't about um, having an older model. Yes, yeah, she just She doesn't want your she doesn't, older model. Yeah, she doesn't want a, a hand-me-down. And I think that is totally legit based I respect on, it. based on her background. Yeah. She at one point when I first started dating her, she had six siblings. They weren't, you know, all blood siblings but um yeah so i mean and she was one of two girls and there were five boys and it was just you know it's just a, a, a hectic house shall we say and um yeah she doesn't like hand-me-downs it's the principle of it she said she has since said i really wouldn't care that much and i'm like no that's a trap and i'm not <laughs> i'm not not putting my foot in that one uh, you know, that's one of those things where they say something, but they don't really, in their heart of hearts, mean they what may, they're saying. They may mean it at the present time. Yeah. But you've got to look into the future. Because yeah. you plan on being there in the future. Yeah. And taking the brunt of the future. I'm I'm just so confused because I really thought that I would be getting her a new phone. And now the more I think about it, I'm just like, you know, if she's really not that tore up about it, then we're just going to keep riding this thing out. Until, Absolutely. Until it's, you know, an unbearable situation, I guess. Yeah. I think the iPhone 10 is, is a great option because of the size, because it's a great phone. Cause I think there's a really good reason why Apple is not continuing to sell it. And it's because like they would sell, <laughs> yeah. they would sell more of them than they would wish to. Yeah, probably so. And And also like, where would you price it? I mean, it's, Oh, it, yeah, it, it's... Especially now with the 10R. It's just, yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. And and I, the more I get away from it, I'm like, okay, it makes sense that the, the, the 10's gone and, you know, they've got this whole new slate of, of 10s, 10Ss. It makes sense from a company standpoint. From a consumer standpoint, I think you gotta you got to throw the 10 into the mix when you're considering which phone to get. And AT&T is still selling them. Are they really? Yeah, they're they're still selling them at, and they're selling them at eight ninety nine. So you get a little bit of a, a discount, but not as much as I would like to see. If you want it new, I mean, obviously we could go on Gazelle or whatever and find right. find a so used I'm looking one. At, I'm looking at Swappa right now. I did this the other day on Swappa. An iPhone ten, AT and T starts at six thirty five. Um, let's go for even like mint condition, uh, seven twenty. I just, I mean, I, I feel like you have to compare that to a new 10R, which is to say a thicker 10R, a heavier 10R, a larger 10R. Um, I, a I single think, camera 10R. Yeah, you know, it's, it's all it's all good. And and the 10R will probably take better pictures because it'll have smart HDR, it'll have this new neural engine. And that's really the biggest difference between the 10 and the 10S is that the 10S very clearly 
this neural engine and smart HDR can yeah. take you some way prettier pictures than, right. than the Tim will in, in lots of notable circumstances. Yeah, it seems to be all indications from the numerous reviews that have since come out in the, the past two weeks that they Apple didn't really do as great of a job selling how much better this camera situation is than than the 10. I mean, and we we talked about it. Like, we just, after the keynote, we really didn't see what the big changes were. Um, I mean, we did talk a lot about the camera, but they just didn't do a great job of, of visually showing how much better some of it was. Because... The way the only way they could do that is if they compared it to here was a photo shot on the ten and and you know oh we don't want to make all these people that bought a ten a year ago feel feel left out. But. I really wonder if they react to that in in a positive way because I mean it's been reviewer after reviewer after reviewer and like Apple solid reviewers like John Gruber yeah. and um, I'm failing to remember the other one I'm thinking of but. Um, you know, people that understand Apple and where Apple comes from and why Apple does what it does and why Apple doesn't do what it doesn't do. And it really is clear to me that Apple just felt like they showed how good the camera was and could be. And they did. Like, they showed some incredible yeah. photographs. But the big thing is to, to me, even if they, even if they don't want to compare it to the older model, which there are reasons they wouldn't want to do. There are reasons they would feel more comfortable with a third-party reviewer doing that. I could see that. But even if they don't want to do that, I think they could go a long way to, to helping people understand why this camera is not just really, really great, but is actually better by showing more real-world um, photography and photography taken like by, scenarios. by lesser-than-professional photographers. Yeah. Because... I want to say going all the way back to probably the seven and, and, and especially if you had both the lenses, if you had a, a seven plus or even maybe a success plus going, going back that far, I feel like a professional photographer under ideal circumstances has all the way back four years ago, been able to take an incredible photograph that when you look at it, it looks like it was taken from a fresh professional camera, but no, it was from a, a phone. Right. Mm -hmm. But I think that there's a big disconnect between professional photographers and people with phones, <laughs> just everybody. Yeah. Right. And, uh, I mean, I'm sure like you're a much better photographer than I am because you have a lot more experience with it. But I mean, I take for, I don't really even take that many photos to be honest, especially outside. Like I take a lot of pictures of my kids inside, but, um, but when I'm outside, I, we don't take as many photos. I don't know why necessarily. But, um, but I definitely, when I'm outside, take a lot of photos that aren't, aren't very good, you know? Um, and it, I, I really, I wish, I wish that they would like optimally, maybe they would give it to people to go take pictures with. Now they're not going to give a new phone to people before it's released. So that's not going to happen, but I don't know if they could just try to take pictures of people in situations that are more more real life than just yeah. like, Hey, I hiked up here and I thought I'm going to take a picture of this. Oh, I'm going to wait till seven twenty so that the sun is at the right angle. You know? Um, it's just like, well, you know, I'm, I'm glad that it'll do that. But I feel like, I feel like several phones have been able to do it under ideal circumstances with a ideal photographer. Show me that this can do it 
for the non-ideal photographer under non-ideal circumstances because that's where I land. Yeah, I think the big thing in Gruber's review was talking about how the sensor, I can't remember exactly how it was phrased, but it's like 30%. 32% larger. Yeah. It's all, about, it's all about gathering light. I don't remember them saying that. No. Oh, in the didn't. keynote, and that's that's a big deal. They didn't say it in the keynote. They don't even say that on the on the website. They just say that the sensor is larger on the website. So I mean, it could be like five percent larger, and they could claim that it's larger. So they they divulged to him because he asked about it. Okay, and some other journalists asked about it too. That it's thirty two percent, and it's larger. It, that makes such a huge difference for exactly what you said about just everyday normal you know, non-photographers with their phones well, and, and so, in low light, it's going to so make such so a So it's difference. huge for low light. And to me, from, from a very novice perspective, I can totally understand why it's huge for low light because the sensor is about gathering light. And so the more light you can gather onto the sensor, even if there's not very much light, the more, the more things you can make clear. But the huge thing to me is that the sensor also helps to gather light from more places so that if there's this enormous light like the sun right yeah. behind the person, you can just almost ignore it and you still have enough light with, while you ignore that to still create a great picture so that you can have backlit good photos, which has not been possible before. Right. Yeah. The, this bigger sensor combined with the smart HDR stuff they're doing. And I've been hearing these, uh, some of these reviewers talking about even with, with video, like if you're shooting at 24 frames it's still shooting more frames mm -hmm. but then using these extra frames with the smart hdr to then i guess pick the best frame <laughs> to combine or combine down to 24 frames so that's to what give you a better image that's with regard to um 30 frame per second 4k so 30 frame frame per second 4k actually takes 60 frames oh, per okay. second um but the but the in between frames are basically just kind of readjusting it for every one of the frames it's actually taking. And I think the 24 Bananas. frames per second comes into play when you go from, from one video clip that starts in the light and goes to the dark or starts in the dark and goes uh, to the light okay. and it can readjust itself. Whereas before, if you started in the light and went into the dark, it was almost like what happens with your eyes, yeah. which is like your eyes haven't adjusted yet. And so it just seems even darker than it actually is. I was, Brittany was showing me a video today that she shot on her seven and it was, uh, you know, stage, a lot of lights. You know, it was a musical number type thing, and and it just was having such a hard time staying staying focused because the lights would flash and then and then go mm -hmm. dimmer and then and the whole time I was watching it, I was just like, Brittany. <laughs> but I didn't bring it up. I I just kept it to myself. I will say. The the big takeaway that I've had in the last two and a half weeks in regards to the phone situation is if you're if you have an eight plus or a ten, I still I, I don't think there's a huge need for you to update unless you just are like I, I my phone is really more of a camera and I take oh, a lot man. of pictures and I and and I'm just taking pictures all the time of my family then maybe you might want to. But other than that, like I, f I still feel no real desire to upgrade you know, with, the, with the 10. I, I still feel pretty happy with what I have. And <laughs> why are you shaking your head? I'm I, trying to save people money, Philip. I'm totally on board with you if you have an iPhone 10. If you have an iPhone 8 Plus you have, and you have the, only the reason The only reason I say that is because the cameras essentially are the same as what you have in the 10. 
there's one like slight difference with video stabilization. But for the most part, you have the same cameras in the 8 Plus that you have in the 10. That's the only reason I'm saying it. The screen is a little bit different on the Max than the 8 Plus, is all I'm going to say. I'm just talking strictly from a camera perspective here. Okay, that's a very narrow, reductive way to look at this. Well, I did have somebody tell me that, you know, they actually listen to what we say and use that for buying decisions. So I'm just trying to be very, very specific and very helpful here. What does this person have? Well, they're not even in the phone. They they said they bought their watch because of we told them to, to buy a watch. Okay. But, um, Good for them. So we'll, we'll talk about that later. All I'm saying is if you have an 8 Plus or a 10, I don't really see the big needs to update, you know, unless you just have the means and can. I think you're going to be fine with your 10 or 8 Plus for another year. But if you're anything below that, this camera alone and the improvements they made there, I think are worth it. Um, now, the decision still is, well, we don't have all the information, right? Because we we haven't seen the 10R in action yet. We haven't seen reviews for the 10R. So I think it's okay to, to wait. And f- indications seem to be that a lot of people are waiting. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, the, it seems like the 10S launch was a little softer than, than usual, if you believe what some analysts are saying. But um, it's, they, they it's just... It seemed like they did just fine. I'm, I'm sure I mean, it is. It's still not shipping now or anything. It's just the reverse of what happened. Last year, right? Right. We had the eights and the eight pluses come out first and then the 10. So you had people waiting, but it was like, well, the 10's obviously a better, going to be a better phone. Um, I'm not so sure you can really say that for the majority of people here. Um, I think the 10R, as much as I don't want to admit it, I think it probably is a better situation for most people than jumping on board with the the 10s or the 10s max so i really think it's going to be interesting to see speaking of shipping estimates and when i'm talking about shipping estimates what i'm thinking of is that when this when the phones go on sale at 3 a.m eastern time then at 3 a.m eastern time they ship on whatever day it is so i think the the 10rs will go on sale the 19th and or on pre-sale sorry the 19th and they'll actually ship the 26th, I believe is, I believe are the dates. And so, or maybe, the, maybe it's the 12th to the 19th. Anyways, I, I think, I think what you said's right. It's one, it's, it's, it's one day and a week later that it actually starts shipping. So right at three, right at 3 a.m. Eastern time, then if you order, you're going to get it shipped a week from now. And then as soon as that stock is gone, then you're going to get it two weeks from now, and then you're going to get it three weeks from it's now. It's always and then weird you're though. Get it four weeks from now. Because the week that the 10S came out, all the way up until, or the, the week of pre order, all the way up until Wednesday, I could still see on ATT that I could pre order and get it Friday. Really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, and so that. So I, I just looked at Apple Store and I, yeah, I hadn't I gone to the carrier. I don't ever go through Apple. So the only time I ordered through Apple was when I got my four. Every other time I've just gone through AT&T because it's always been easier to get stock there. But um, yeah, and so that combined with what we've heard just, you know, anecdotally that sales or pre-orders were a little softer um, and the fact that I could still do that. I mean, with the 10 last year, that was not the case. Right. But this year, I mean, all the way up until Wednesday, I think it was Wednesday night is when it changed just because they were going to supposed to be there Friday, right? So I mean, just shipping wise, you know, it made sense. Yeah. And even now, I mean, I've 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 gone through uh like Best Buy every day. I've I've 
when I'm just browsing on Best Buy, I hop over and look at the the 10s. I was about to say, and the 10s you're Max. giving a lot of stats that indicate that you've been checking stock. Well, I'm checking stock because I'm interested in one how it's how it's selling, and then two, like maybe someday my wife will just be like, hey, uh, maybe I changed my mind. Um, <laughs> but it's been like you could just order online and go pick it up in an hour every day. So it doesn't, it just doesn't seem like it's, you know, selling gangbusters or anything right now. That might change though, after the 10R comes out. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe people will, once they see both in action in the store, maybe, I don't know what the decision will look like for, for people then, but more than any other year, people have options and have serious considerations to make. Uh, 10R, it, you had it right. Pre-order 1019 will be available on 1026. So I think it'll be really interesting to see how the shipping estimates look for the 10R. I think I think it's going to be a lot different than the 10S and 10S Max were for a number of reasons. I think there's going to be a little bit more demand just on the price side, which again, I really did not think that was not what I believed going into this. Um the more and more I've talked to more and more I've read and the more and more I've seen, I'm starting to lean more towards your theory, but um, yeah, you are also, I think it's going to be harder to get because I think it's harder to make than the, the 10 S and 10 S max are just from, it's their first time doing this. It's uh what they're doing with these LCD screens is really intense. Um, so I think stock will be a little bit harder to come by just because I don't know if they'll be able to make as many, um, as quickly as they need to. And I, and I think you're right. I mean, I think demand will be pretty high for these things at first. Well, but they'll have different colors, so I don't know how that will affect things too. You never really know, right? I mean, even with the watches, when they first came out, it was it was kind of interesting to see, well, which models are the most popular and which... That was a little different because you had like band combinations too. Um, so I think, I think that the iPhone XR has a chance of having a lackluster launch day and still having an incredible holiday quarter because I think, I think they're very likely to sell a whole lot of 10 R's from people walking in to a carrier store or walking into an Apple store. Yeah. A, a lot more likely than a 10 S or a, or a 10 S max. I can spend seven forty nine instead of nine ninety nine. People just walking Great. in and go in. It's the holiday season and I'm getting a new iPhone and let me let me check these out and right and and making all the calculations that we have yeah. you know talked about a little bit and and then landing on the on the on the 10R for for good reason I, I think they'll sell an enormous amount of those where are you where are you landing Philip you still have your SE I noticed so I talked on our last episode about if I was going to go anywhere I almost feel at this point I would go to the max and if I'm going to have a two-handed device, then go all the way to, you know, a real, real honest to goodness two-handed device because the, the eight that I have right now and the 10 is just about the same size is a little, to me, a little too narrow than I want it to be when I'm using it with two hands. And it's a good bit too wide when I'm using it with one hand. Now, I can use it with one hand, but it's just not comfortable to use with one hand for me. And I think part of that is that I, part of it is because I'm so used to using the SE one-handed. Yeah. And so I know like what I can reach <laughs> and you can just reach everything. Like there's no shimmying 
to be had at all. So, I I mean, I was watching somebody, maybe a little creepily, but, you know, you got to do research. I was watching somebody uh, use their tin one hand the other day in the elevator, I think it was. And, um, and they were just completely one handed and they were, they were reaching, reaching things. Um, and, but they were, you know, you got to shimmy some to, to get to certain places. Yeah. For me, it's, it's like finger. Um, I don't adjust really my hand position. It's, I keep, it's more, I spread my fingers out. So Mm. it's like, I'm not, I'm not really changing the placement of the phone up or down in my hand. It's more just like That's creating more leverage with my fingers. Yeah. And I, yeah. it's not something I ever really even think about until just now. I'm like, actually, how do I do that? Because yeah. you always talk about it not being a one-handed device. I'm like, but that's really how I use it is one-handed. I mean, for the most part, I don't, I'm not a one-handed typer. That's why I've always not understood your, right. your point of view. But I think it's just the way I, I've just naturally gotten used to adjusting my my fingers out the 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 pinky finger and my pointer finger to create a little more leverage to get up there it's it's not easy but one it doesn't make sense to one-handed type on an eight or a ten size device so i told i'm totally on board with you there it's it's so good on on the four inch phone to one hand type especially with swipe typing with gboard it's it's just it's wonderful um i also i mean i have terrible wrists and they're sore all the time, and that's from. Just I do using recall, yeah, I do recall working lot. with you. You you would break out the and uh, the little wrist braces occasionally. Yes, yes. So uh, I mean that that's that's part of what I take into account. Um, but anyways, so if I'm gonna go two handed, I felt like maybe I just go completely two handed and go to the max. Did you hold one? Have you have you so held one in the last? I've been, two I went to the Apple Store, uh, and I browsed everything basically. And the thing that I hadn't anticipated was the weight of the Max. Yeah. It is significantly heavier than anything that I would be comfortable holding for a long period of time. And that's one, that's one thing that I just don't even think about when it comes to the small phone is that it weighs so little that... I, there's no fatigue to me with holding it for a long period of time. And, and I also, so I use my phone a whole lot laying in bed with my phone above me being held <laughs> rookie mistake by my hands. And you can't do that with the max. There's no way. So you really wouldn't want to do that with, no. with the max. And you don't really want to do that with the 9.7 inch iPad. But the iPad mini is great for that. And so is the SE is great for that. And it's crazy to me that the iPad mini four feels so much lighter than a 10 or a 10s or a 10s max. And it's just, I don't know if it's, I mean, it weighs more. It's just distribution, but it's distribution. And it's, and it's, it's the way you hold it. Because I also realized that when I talk about a one handed device, like I do not want to use a case on my devices. Do not period. Like if I have to, then I will, but I really want to use a device without the case because I want it to be thin because I want it to be light because I want it to be small. And so that, that to me, like the iPad mini four is easier to not have a case on than the 10 S max. Yeah. So the max though, 
you're going to want something on that. You would almost have to. Because right? you're not perfect. And so, and so part of me just goes, well, then I, I, I want it less than. If I'm going to have to have a case on it, like that bumps it down yeah. a bit in my, in my estimation of it. It's so, funny because, you know, the last time we talked, I think we were both on the same page as far as like, if you're going to do this, just do it, right? Like get the max. But after I held it in my hand, I was just like, I just, this isn't for me. Like, it's awesome having that much screen, but I just like, no, I, I just don't, my hand's just not big enough to, to hold this the way I want to hold it. And I definitely am never getting to that top right corner, you know, with, with my right hand. It's just, it's just not going to happen. And even things like getting down to the home indicator to do, you know, like to do reach, uh, reachability to engage that. I mean, just the little things that I've gotten used to doing, having had a 10 for a year, my friend who has the max and he, and was letting me play around with it. He kept asking me like, how do you do this? And, and I would tell him, he's like, man, it's kind of hard to do. And, and I was like, well, you'll get used to it. And he was like, no, but I mean, look, it's just, and, and what he was talking about was just the placement of his fingers, like trying to get down or up to those areas. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you get used to it, but the, you got a bigger phone. I mean, like it's significantly bigger than uh, how this OS was originally designed, you know, the, the dimensions it was originally designed for. So I don't know, man. I, I, I thought if, if we were going to do it, that that would be the route we would go. And then of course, Brittany was like, Hey, no hand-me-downs. Um, so that's reason number one. Reason number two though, after, after experiencing it, it's awesome and it's going to make a lot of people happy, but it's not, it's just not a phone for me. So it's interesting you allude to that because a lot of what I've thought of is that the design of the operating system of iOS is one of the things that helps me feel better about keeping my SE. Mm. One is that they haven't yet come out with dark mode. To me, I think that would be the straw that breaks the camel's back for me is mm. if they came out with true black dark mode system wide, then you would have to have an OLED screen. It was interesting to me that Marco mentioned that maybe part of the reason they didn't go iOS dark mode yet is because they knew they were coming out with this 10R with a great LCD screen, but as great of an LCD screen as it is, you still wouldn't want dark mode on it the same way you would want dark mode yeah. on, on, a, on an OLED screen. So I, I think that that's, that's one thing that would really make me feel a little bit more pushed to getting either a 10S or a 10S Max. And the other thing is, is that they've, uh, for, for a little while, when 3D Touch first came out and there were a whole lot of things you could only do with 3D Touch, that's one thing I really missed on the SE. But they have really come basically full circle to the point where the 10R doesn't even have 3D yeah. Touch. And long press and 3D touch basically do the same stuff now. So all the stuff that I used to not be able to do, like clear all notifications, only used to be available in Notification Center with a 3D touch. Now you can just do it with a long press. So now I can do it with my SE. Yeah. And there's lots of different um, situations like that where they've, they've come around and, and not restricted things um, to, to 3D touch. And I think there's other reasons for that too, like the iPads. I mean, you're, you know, you're never going to have these I don't ever really see them having an, an iPad that has an OLED screen either so it's like I don't know what the difference is between how they're accomplishing that and hmm. 
in like how they did it in the seven, for instance, versus how they do it in the 10. There's yeah. some slight differences, but, um, you know, so I think there are other factors too that have led to them, them doing that. But yeah, to your point, just, it's just a slightly longer method on these other phones, but you can still accomplish the same thing. So when, when it comes to the iPads, I I think I, it makes it makes me remember that some some people with their 10s maxes have been really startled by the amount of blue shifting of color that you get from an OLED screen just naturally mm-hmm. that is unavoidable with an OLED screen. I don't know if you ever notice it on your 10, and you probably don't at this point. I don't know if you ever noticed it to begin with. Yeah, you're not really so. a noticer of things, if I may say so myself. Well, it, yeah, it's, it's funny because you mentioned um, on ATP this week they were talking about a little—I don't even know what you would call it—a a bug, maybe. I, I don't know about in in Marco's in Overcast with dark mode on his about screen. There's like some kind of jitter with the logo. I don't even know how to describe it really, but they were talking about how it's related to the OLED screens in some way. Mm-hmm. And you asked me if I could replicate it and I tried to do it and I'm guessing it's doing it, but it's just so subtle. I just don't even know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how much of it is my eyes or just, you know, I'll have to try it after this. I mean, not really understanding what it's, I, I can s- kind of see something slightly jittering and I, I'm assuming that's what it is, but I bet you I'll be able to see it. But to your point, I am not always a great noticer of, of, and things. I, I very often wish that I wasn't. <laughs> but what do you want me to do? Just like God made me this way. Um, the other thing, and Neelay Patel mentioned this on the talk show with John Gruber, and I thought it was a great point that it kind of come into my mind at one point and then and then went out really quickly, is that the XS Max, and let alone the the XS and that that size phone makes you pain for picture-in-picture video. Especially when you're watching sports or a TV show or even just a longer YouTube video on your, on your phone. Especially the XS Max is at, is at a size that you could very easily have great picture-in-picture video and also go... Like he, he was saying, he was watching the Browns-Jets game um, on Thursday night on his phone... And he really wanted to read Twitter and get people's comments about the game while he was watching the game. And there's a great way to do that on an iPad. Yeah. Even a, even an iPad mini, even a 7.9 inch screen. I still don't understand though how, like which orientation would you do that in? Either on one. I just don't think it would look that good in landscape. So why not? I just don't think it would work that well. I, I would... I think it would be fine, but I would much rather be on my 12.9-inch well, iPad would. Pro doing that. So it's <laughs> it's just something that I, I get I get why they're saying that, but it's just not... If I wanted to do that, I would just much rather be on, on a big iPad than so, on my phone. So much of it is that so many videos are 80% audio. Like the re- the whole the whole reason you're playing the video is to hear the audio, right? Yeah. But the OS limits you to 
and YouTube especially. The the let, let's reframe that. The OS doesn't limit you. Cer- certain app developers limit you. Well, no, the OS limits you on on an, on an iPhone. Well, because I mean, if you want to watch if you want to watch a video in the ESPN app, if you want to watch a video okay, yeah, on I, Facebook, if you want to watch a video in Twitter, if you want to watch a video in YouTube, then you're going to have to keep that app running in order to hear the audio. Whether you I get wanna, what you're saying. You if you want to go to video or not, if you want to go to a separate app, yes, I get, yeah, I get what yes. you're saying. And ESPN and Facebook and YouTube have within themselves right. provided picture in picture. Yeah. So to me, it's proved the concept that yes, a small, small version of a video is still really valuable to have because all the time I will, I will get in the ESPN app. I'll be watching some video analyzing, you know, this injury report or, you know, some Schefter or Mortensen, um, you know, news, news of the, of the minute that just happened, of course, yeah, because they are who they are and it'll be, you know, four minutes long, let's say. So I'll throw it down in the corner and it'll be picture in picture within the ESPN app. And then I can continue scrolling through other stories and read other stories while that video is playing. So especially when you're talking like talking heads, I don't really need to see you. Like if I start up around the horn within the ESPN app, yeah. I don't need to watch Around the Horn. I mean, there's a reason that Around the Horn and PTI are released as podcasts. I know what Tony Reale looks like. He's a beautiful man, but I don't need to see his face all I the time. I will say that Around the Horn has great video editing as far as like the little clips that they show you in their intro and in their outros of each segment and the little clips that they show during the showdown are great. And I really like it for that. And so I try to watch it on TV because of that. But so much of it is just audio only. You right. just want to hear what the people say, but to hear what the people say, I can't do anything else with my phone. That's dumb. Yeah. Well, you could just be like me and just listen to PTI only on audio, the podcast. That's how I live my life. I, I do that sometimes. I get what you're saying. Yeah. It And it's nice that you can do those in-app experiences like that, but it is limiting. But but still, for me, just my personal preference. If I am going to go picture in picture, and and surf Twitter, man, oh man, I'd I'd so much rather be on that twelve point nine inch iPad Pro. But I I get it. You know, not everybody has the iPad Pro to just casually watch on. But but if you're going to be laying down, the twelve point nine inch becomes unwieldy. Yeah, that's definitely true. I like to lay down is what I'm saying, Levi. I get you. I personally I don't lay down until my eyes just can't stay open anymore. So, you know, keeps my mind from from wandering. I watch that watch that uh watch my shows late at night and then I'm done. So there is no laying in bed with my phone above my head experience for, for Levi because part of part of the life I live. It wouldn't end well. It would end hurting my glasses or nose. <laughs> I should uh, correct myself. So Marco said maybe Apple held back on dark mode because of that problem with the with the quick scrolling of, yeah. of things um, with the black background and how that can cause some jitteriness. Um, I guess it's my analysis that maybe they held back because they have a brand new phone with an LCD. I'll quote Philip Eberhard on this one. You shall. And with a great LCD that... Uh, arguably, I mean, from what people have said that were at the event, 
actually looks a good bit better than previous LCDs that they've had. So, I mean, I'll, I'll look forward to seeing the 10R's LCD. And it's interesting that John Syracuse was saying that he would prefer the LCD, especially based on the the slight blue um, tint that you get from shifting an OLED screen, which is basically if you look at an OLED screen from any sort of angle, then it can tint it blue slightly, especially if you're looking at like a white background, especially. But even if you're looking at, you know, gray or just text or whatever, then it can slightly tint it blue. And people have noticed that more on the Macs because it's it's larger. And so you get to an angle a lot easier. Yeah. Because even if you're just looking at the center of the screen, dead on zero degrees, well, the bottom of the screen is going to be at a greater angle because it's such a the bottom of the 10s was screen right <laughs> right but you mentioned the iPads well the iPads would just it would just be like oh, just yeah. all blue all yeah. the time so no bueno maybe maybe they've got to solve that problem with OLED if it is a problem to be solved I mean I guess it is a problem that can be solved because you've got giant TVs that are yeah, but OLED. I have a hard time thinking that they're going to go to OLED on the iPads anytime soon just because how much money is that going to cost? Yeah, oh, pri- price has got to be a huge part Especially of it. You're right about that. they go edge to edge like it's their rumor to do next that's month. That's true. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's true. So, you know, that's a good point that maybe, maybe one of the biggest... Maybe the main way that they got to this liquid retina great LCD display for the 10R is that they were doing all this work on the iPads. They knew they weren't going to go OLED with those, so they were going to make it be as incredible of an LCD display as possible. And then the more they worked on that, they go, well, we could do this on a phone and look how much cheaper it's going to be. Right. And then look what we could sell it for and yeah. still have still have this much margin. We could sell tons of those. So let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. I will just a little anecdote here. Um, there is nothing quite like an an OLED screen though when it comes to those true blacks. Um, I've been playing a lot of Spider Man the last <laughs> three weeks. I don't remember when it came out. I mean, it's a blur. I've I've just got <laughs> because I can only play it late at night, um, and I'm I only have like three more trophies to get before I platinum. And I don't platinum games. Like, this will be my third Platinum, but this is how much I love this game. Um, But there are points in the game when you hit a loading screen, right? And it will always, just just, this was how they decided to do this. You'll see the cut screen or the the cut scene, and then um, it'll just, the screen just goes black, just straight black. And I'm playing late at night. And it's engaging the HDR when it, when something's on screen. So as soon as it cuts away from that scene and it goes black, it is pitch black in my, in my living room. It's just insane. Um, and, and I've, I've had experiences like that on the phone occasionally where if I'm in bed or I'm, you know, putting the, the, the boys down and we're watching something on YouTube or something and it just cuts black, it just gets so dark so quickly. It's, pretty wild experience and i didn't think it would be a big deal but once you see it it's really hard to not it's it's like to to me it's like retina i mean once you especially from a tv standpoint i don't think i could ever (laughs) go back to just a you know an led or uh what they don't even really make plasmas anymore but now that i've seen it especially at you know 55 inches 
I just don't think I could go back. It's it's awesome. Don't don't overrate the uh, the the true black. It's 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 incredible. I'm looking forward to going OLED at some point. It's 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 got to come down at some point. The problem is that LG is is pretty much the only one that I mean they're not the only one that makes OLED TVs, but they're the only people sourcing the screens for the OLED TVs. <laughs> so until you've got other people doing that, you know the prices they have come down. Some they're not that high though. Yeah, I mean, and and like I bought mine refurbished, and it was um, Walmart had this this deal in January. It was refurbished. For nine ninety nine, I mean, it was like, wow, you're not gonna find a better price on a fifty five inch OLED for you know. I mean, you would now though. I mean, it's just like every three six months they just continue. Yeah, to I mean, come older down. older models will right. I mean, they're they're still gonna release every year. They'll release a new model and and that'll be the premium. But but um, I think it's a bit of an iPhone 10 to 10 S situation, yeah. which is that, okay, it's an older model, but it's incredible. So what do you care? And I will say it's an older model, the, the box that came to my house when I bought that, it looked like it had never been open. So I don't, I think someone just bought it and then took it back to the store and returned it. <laughs> I don't even think they opened the box. Everything was in its original packaging. So sometimes you can get lucky like that with, uh, even, you know, if you do open box, open box items at Best Buy always has really good, discounts on on open box and even online i mean even now you can and it's crazy how quickly they start showing up i mean even now you can go in the 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 lower or the entry level on the watches you can find open box items on these series four and and get like 30 40 50 dollars off it's Mm -hmm. nuts um so yeah And, and and usually there's nothing's nothing's happened to him. Someone just bought it and decided to return it. <laughs> this is a brand new, brand new, uh, item at a 5% discount or even Absolutely. better. So I, I stand corrected. A quick search on Amazon shows me that these, these TVs are more expensive than I yeah, thought they, they were. are. I mean, the, the model I got, I think it was starting at 1599 on Best Buy. And that was like at a $400, you know, discount in quotes. Um, so when it, when I saw it for nine ninety nine, it was refurbished obviously, but nine ninety nine, and then Walmart, their, you know, their warranty plans, extended warranty plans are so cheap. You know, it was like 20 bucks for like five years. Really? And yeah. And so I'm like, to me, there's very little risk here other than just the hassle of if I need to send it back in, that'll, oh, yeah. that'll be a hassle, right? Get, getting a box and all that stuff. But I'm like, this is very low risk for me it's an awesome price and i would assume probably every january or february you know the previous year's model you can find great deals on them right yeah i mean the issue i have with tvs right now is is that we have one two three four um we have four tvs in the house two of them are in the, the kids rooms so um but they, I mean, they're just they're still working yeah and so i just feel like well i'm just gonna let these prices continue to come down i'll just continue to use these i'll continue to just really be upset with the black levels that uh shows are now using because it looks terrible there's there's some some notable scenes in the handmaid's tale um that i'll never forget where they had 
probably 50 levels of black in this little shadowy scene. And my TV was showing me about eight of them. So <laughs> it was very like chunky. It was like this yeah. level of black and this level of black. Well, and, this and level streaming black. too, you know, affects that, that a little bit. But, um, but I, I think, I think, I think I went and watched that scene back on my, um, my eight, which has the HDR, uh, display and was a it was a lot yeah a lot better it's noticeable yeah well i'll just say philip on the tv front the best thing you can do if you don't want to buy one get the 10r don't get don't get a 10s because that was the that was the uh the spark that ignited this oled frenzy in the the gilbert household was got my 10 and and on a on even that small of a screen, just seeing how much better things looked, and then imagining watching, you know, Star Wars or any, you know, movie that I would want to watch on a big fifty five inch OLED, it, it's it's a dark path, literally. <laughs> so just be prepared. An incredibly dark path. It's a very black, dark path. I I think there's one more thing we need to follow up on. Okay. And this is with regards to the title of, let's say last week's, but let's just say the last episode of our fair podcast, which is about the falling Apple watches and what happens to them. And so when your new Apple watch series four in falls and presumably with you <laughs> yeah, connected to it, but I did see... A couple of instances mentioned on Twitter from some folks who said that their Series 4 Apple Watch fell off of their nightstand because I guess it pulled itself off while it was charging on the nightstand. And it started to uh, think about calling 911. And key to calling 911 is that it was not moving, of course, because it was just sitting on the floor. And so this is interesting because you would think it would have to be unlocked. Right, you'd think it would have to be like have the wrist detection, and but apparently not. Maybe that'll come in. I bet you it will come five point one in in five point one. And but that that's a key that I missed as a part of the keynote is that when it detects a fall, it then before calling nine one one is waiting for you to be stationary for sixty seconds and presumably mm-hmm. unconscious at that point. So if you just fall, then it'll bring up on the screen, hey, do you want to slide here and call emergency services? But if you're moving around, it's not going to automatically call emergency services. I think that's a key additional feature to the fall detection is that it's not just going to, you're not just going to be falling and calling 911 spontaneously all the time, but then you've got to be stationary for 60 seconds. I think that totally... Totally makes sense that, yes, if you're stationary for 60 seconds after falling, they probably should. Yeah. I, I can get on more with going threat level midnight. And <laughs> piggybacking off of that, um, also with the new heart sensor and, and the capabilities of like low heartbeat, high heartbeat, because um, people were worried about that too. Like, is it going to... With, with regard to AFib especially. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they came out and clarified it has to happen like six times, yeah, before it will will send those um, emergency notices. So they're thinking about that stuff, but they don't, you know, when they don't clarify on stage, which again, they had a lot to cover and not, and 
just two hours because we can't go more than two hours, which I kind of understand. I've been trying to apply that to, to our show as well, but um, yeah, just more clarification there. Uh, that's good to point out that these health and life-saving features, because that's a problem, right, Philip, is that it's going to save someone's life. <laughs> um, these These things, there is some smart programming behind when it does actually go to that step. So I'm very glad it's going to save lives without overloading 911 yeah. operators. Because honestly, if you overload 911 operators, then it starts killing people. So there's a delicate balance to be had here, Apple. So you tried on watches? I tried on watches. I tried on 40 millimeter watches. I tried on 44 millimeter watches. I tried on sport loops on mm. the two of them. I tried on Nike sport bands on the two of them. I'm really feeling torn when it comes to the watch because my watch. So <laughs> we talked about my wrist pain a little bit beforehand. Yeah. I, when I wear my watch a whole, whole lot, I definitely feel the pressure that it causes on my wrist mm -hmm. and I don't love it. Like the top of my wrist, especially where the, the, uh, what is that heartbeat sensor? Ray thing called underneath the watch. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what they call it. Right, the but back, the back plate, the back, the back plate of the watch. You know, I mean that that kind of is like the one big point of pressure that's on my wrist constantly on this one place, and I definitely feel it. You know, and I'll take it off. Like when I take it off, sometimes um, I've started taking it off when I drive because I don't necessarily need it on when I'm driving. Um, I'm still rocking the Series Zero, which is the thinnest Apple Watch ever. It is absolutely made. true. Now the Series <laughs> One is, you know, 0. 0.2 millimeters uh, thicker. Now, but that is case. Um, I would assume the the backplate of it is is the same between the Series Zero and the Series One. Maybe not. I'm 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 glad that the backplate of this new one is is different at mm -hmm. least. And that the shape of it is different and that it is, um, it's, so people keep talking about how it's thinner and it's thinner than the series three and it is thinner than the series yes, three, but it's not thinner than because the series three got <laughs> quite thick at 11.4 millimeters. Yeah. So now it's come back to 10.7 millimeters. The series four has, which is the same, uh, thickness of the case, at least as the series one and two. And the Series 0 was 10.5 millimeters. So 10.5 millimeters for Series 0, 10.7 millimeters for the Series 1 and 2, 11.4 millimeters for the Series 3, now back to 10.7 millimeters for the Series 4. That's just the case, though. It's just the hardware. It doesn't count the back plate, and I really wish I knew the right, right uh, term for that. The right that. term for that. But um, so that back, that back sensor plate is, is different. It's, it's sapphire now. Um, or ceramic, I should say. Sorry. It's ceramic now on all the watches. Um, I, I think it was been glass before that or something like that. Um, so now it's got a, a, a ceramic back instead of a glass back. And it's definitely a different sort of shape. And I think it's it's going to hit the wrist in a little bit different way. And so I'm looking forward to that. Composite back is what it says. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> Thanks for taking off your watch. My Series Zero. Giving us that information. Are you jealous of this? Skinny watch that I still possess, Philip. It's just so skinny. I, I can't say I am. <laughs> you know, uh, Syracuse has said this week on ATP, and I have to, I have to agree on some level. Um, 
that you know he's he do, well he doesn't wear his series zero near as much as as you and i wear our watches but that's an understatement for what he uses it for which is notifications and really that's about it um it still does that thing fairly well you know i mean it is god awful slow anytime you're trying to actually interact with an app but in terms of just getting notifications or using it for pause and, and play and you know skipping ahead uh, when you're listening to podcasts or whatever it does those two things fine. And when he said that, it kind of cut to my heart a little bit because yeah, I mean, I get it. Like I really, and and that's why I don't have a series four right now is because there's no immediate need, but I would, I'm definitely going to get a series four at some point. I think that is going to be a true statement, but I honestly couldn't tell you when it's going to happen. Um, if it's going to happen soon, if it's even going to happen this year, odds are it probably won't happen this year. I'm, I don't know. I'm just, I, I don't feel that urgent need to do it. And I'm even more confused now. And I think you're having the same confusion after I have tried on a 44 millimeter, my friend, Justin, who listens to the show. Thanks, Justin. Let me put it on. I had it on side by side. It was also my first time to interact with the sports loop, which not a huge fan of like, I think I would, it's, it was fine. I liked how, it, how easy it was to adjust and, you know, like you can get so much more precise with that than you can with, with, you know, the sports bands. Um, but I, I probably wouldn't get that if, you know, if, if I was choosing between bands, that's probably not what I would get, but, um, having them on side by side, it is noticeably bigger and, <laughs> just just the overall dimensions of the of the case it's pretty noticeably diff big, bigger than what i what i have now with the 42 millimeter obviously it's 44 but after the keynote in my mind i was like oh it's 44 all the way you know like why would i even think about the 40 but after seeing it on my wrist, I'm like, I'm going to have to try on a 40 because this might actually, I might actually be fine with the 40 millimeter. And especially with the way the screens are rounded. I just don't feel like I'm really losing all that much screen going from the 42 down to the 40. Where do you, what, what notch do you wear your Apple watch band? So I wear the large band and I wear it on the next to last. Well, okay. I'm not sure which way to describe that. Would you call this the first notch and then the second? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I wear it on the, the the last one. Would be making the band as as, as long big as it could. Yeah, as it could. Be. Yeah, mine is making the band next, next to shortest. almost as short. Yeah, next to shortest with the medium large sport. And I think I band. started. I actually started on the third notch on both my sports bands, and then just over time they expand a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also a little bit heavier when I first had this watch than I am now. That's good. Um, so I've, I, I've have had to move down a notch and both of them pretty much at the same time. Cause I was wearing them pretty interchangeably at the time. I've mm-hmm. kind of stuck mostly with the, the black lately <laughs> because my white sports band, it just got discolored and I, and it's not like, Oh, you just need to wash it. Levi. No, it's like, it just got discolored from 
constantly rubbing against shirts i guess i don't know i don't really know why else it would it's like a bluish green color now Mm, wow it's weird yeah i mean i I pulled it out and wore it the other day um just because we're getting more into long sleeve weather and i feel like it's not as weird to wear um but probably when i buy a new watch it's probably going to come with a new white sports band anyway so so i'm not too worried about it but yeah um but I really am going to have to see what a 40 looks like because I just feel like as big as the 44 was, I feel like the 40 is going to feel like this 42 does currently on my wrist, even if it's just a slightly bit smaller. But with the rounded screens, I don't feel like I'm going to really lose all that much real estate. Tell so, me if I'm crazy. <laughs> You're definitely not crazy. It, it's definitely a hard call to make i mean i'll say that when i when i wear the medium large sport band then i wear it on the third notch so just one more than you if i wear it really loose i wear it on the fourth notch but i generally you wear do it wear it on the third you, notch. you prefer it a little looser than than i do i prefer it a little bit looser yeah. but I, I don't know that i could put it on the second notch without it just being like really hugging and i don't feel like it's super tight i mean it you know i mean can you move it down your wrist Fairly easily. No, I can't no. Move it. Maybe you just. I just like it tight. I guess. <laughs> Maybe you just wear. It I like way, being constricted. Maybe you just wear it way tighter than I do. Um, but like I don't. I don't want to wear it tight. It's one reason, um, that I really am drawn to the sport loop, and I hate putting the sport loop on. It, it was just a little feels awkward. So inelegant to put the yeah. sport loop on. But the more and more I've done it in the Apple store, the more and more I, I think you get used to it. Just like just like when you when I first got my sport band, figuring out how it loop how it goes in and then it loops under the rest of the band. And, and, and but Justin, now now I can do it with my eyes closed. Like now I can do it just like yeah, you know, in my sleep. Justin wasn't a big fan of it either. Um, but he ordered it. You know, he he pre ordered it, didn't try it on, had never. I think he thought that the sport loop was something different. <laughs> so he was a little surprised when he got it. But, uh, you know, it just kind of is what it is. <laughs> so I ordered a 44 millimeter. Okay. Space gray aluminum. Let me say before you keep going, I think the space gray, which I've never been a fan of on the watch, I think this version looks great. And I, I don't know if it's just because the screen is a little bit, obviously the bezels are shorter. So it just, or the bezels aren't aren't as thick. And so I don't know if it's just the way that the screen seems to bleed more into the aluminum now. I think it looks great now. I still don't think I would get it for me, but I think it's a much more attract. It's much more attractive to me than the older ones were. So I could see the appeal now before I was just like, "Eh, I don't know about that, but I think it looks really good. I think it's always looked really good. Yeah, that's true. You know, these are just, these are weird things you talk about with watches that you don't really talk about as much with, with the phones, but it's true. But yeah, I mean, it, it looked really, looked really nice on my wrist. I didn't want to give it back, but <laughs> so I, I got home after our episode two Thursdays ago and I, I believe I said on the episode that I'm probably going to pre-order a 44 millimeter series four watch. I thought you would have one, you know, before we had another episode. I really did. So I would have, if I would have set an alarm and, but I don't know. I I just, I think it was like one o'clock or so when I got home. And to me, it was just like, well, I either just stay up till two 
or I don't. I don't, I don't really want to stay up till two. I know, I know what that's going to do to me in the morning and how it's going to make me feel. Cause I got to be up at six to do this, that, and the other and get to work. And so I just went to sleep and then Crosby, who just won't sleep <laughs> to save her life, woke me up at 2.45. Crosby's my spirit animal, man. <laughs> like, I I feel like me and her are on the same wavelength. She's great, man. But she, uh, we got her a weighted blanket uh, a couple days ago. So we're seeing how that, seeing how that works. I need to try. <laughs> Blair was like, I, I feel like that sounds really nice. I think what it's almost kind of like it's basically just like a blanket with like bean bean bag beads in it to a great extent. It feels pretty nice. Yeah, it could be nice. But anyways, um, so we got her a weighted blanket. We're trying that out. But she woke me up at two forty five, got her back in bed, and then I was like, "Well, I mean, you woke me up, so might as well pre order. Might as well get on here." And it was already two weeks. At, well, so I think I told you. I did tell you on the on the on the episode that I was thinking about going with the Nike sport loop. So the Nike black sport loop is black with like white kind of sort of accents behind it. And the, the standard black sport loop is black with like really colorful, like pinkish, really colorful accents behind it. It yeah. Kind of looks weird close up um, from further away. It just looks like black basically. But anyways, I tried them on in the store and I, I slightly prefer the Nike version, but the Nike ones were already quoted that if you would have ordered them right at 3 a.m. Eastern um, on pre-order day, then they were quoted as October 5th, whereas the standard Apple Watch was aluminum was quoted at September 28th, the week before that. So I was like, well, if I do it right at two, then I'd, I'd probably not want to wait the other week so i just get the regular black sport loop but by the time i got there on 245 both of them were at october 12th oh wow so i was like okay well you know nothing to lose here then i'll, I'll get the nike black sport loop with the with the 44 millimeter aluminum space gray watch and so that's what i've ordered and that's what will be coming and then so obviously i hadn't tried on anything yet and so then i went and tried on Things. Well, I had I had tried on bands. I take that back. So Blair and I on Saturday before pre-orders? No, after pre-orders. Anyway, nah, it was after pre-orders. Um, but before it was bet- between pre-order and when the watches were actually in the store. Because when Blair and I were in the stores, when would that have been? Saturday two weeks ago or something? Yeah. 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 Um they they just had all they just had the series three watches in the store. They didn't have the series four watches, but they have all the bands. So I was like, well, I'll try these bands, make sure that I made the right band choice, see if I wish I would have done something different, and uh, and tried out and tried out a bunch of them. <laughs> and, and did you? Did, did you make the right choice? I think I think so. <laughs> okay. Um, because I, I like how the Sport Loop is is softer and enables you to wear it looser or tighter and. Uh, I, I think it'll work well for me. I'd like to try something different than the, than the sport band as well. I will say that when I got my uh, series one, I used that. I started using that new sport band that I got. I just got another black one with the series one. I got a black one with the series zero as well, but my black one after a year of being used for the series zero or actually a year and a half almost because of how the series zero came out in April and the series one came out in the fall. Um, I mean, it was, it was 
kind of noticeably wear, wearing and not as, you know, not as t- the tactile feel was a lot different. Mm-hmm. And so I started using this new one. So I've been using that for two years now, I guess. And so I did recently, I went and got my series zero band out of the, out of the closet. And I was like, yeah, this has only got a year and a half wear on it. This one's got two years on it. So this actually feels better, you know, even though it's really worn, this feels better. Three years of, of use. That's not true. You, you have bands that you go back and forth with. So that's true. But I, I only ever wear, except for the rare times I wear my knockoff Milanese loop. The black band has gotten Milanese the most band. use because sure. this was what I wanted, Philip. I wanted a black band with the silver case. Yes. And you know what? They didn't sell that. Nope. They did not. Otherwise, I very well would have gotten that. Unless, you know, you, you went up to the stainless steel model, which, right. you know, I couldn't do then. Still can't do now, but man, I really want to. <laughs> well. But you know what? Now they sell stainless steel with just the white bands. So I can't even do it now. I don't understand. Like their band options are crazy and really frustrating, especially because now they are shipping the watch body separate from the band and the band is in a whole different packaging. I do believe now they're like tied together. They're like connected together in some way, but I really hope that soon they start just giving you the option of just pick your, pick your watch body and pick your band and it can be any one of the bands that we sell. So even if it was just in store, you know, I mean, even if it, I mean, it would be nice if you could do it online. All but more like, that it should be online. Well, I could just see Apple being like, you know, come into our store. And you know, I could just see Maybe so. that kind of thing happening. Right. But it, how hard could it be, especially in store, to just walk in yeah. and be like, I want that and that. I mean, have you on. ever have you ever tried on the woven nylon bands? I have, um, because that's what came with Britney's when okay. I bought hers. Obviously, hers was smaller. She had the 38 mm-hmm. millimeter. But. I really like their woven nylon bands. They don't sell them anymore. It is, they stopped weird, selling yeah. them, which is really strange. So I'm trying to figure out if I want to buy one while a few different places still have some stock. While supplies last. While supplies last because they're really nice and I think it'd be different. And I also feel, you know, to speak to what I've um, been talking about before, I feel like it would be good. I feel like I would enjoy wearing a different band every now and then just so that it's not the same pressure points all the time on my terrible wrist. These, drives me crazy, man. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> Levi is showing me the options that you have when you buy a, a watch. Stainless steel, yeah. I, I somebody was having this conversation with a with an Apple um, store employee as I was standing there. They were like, "Okay, so I can just get this band with the watch." Well, he was like, "Well, when you buy the watch, you've only got these options, and then you can just buy that band for forty nine dollars." <laughs> After the fact, it's like it's only forty nine dollars. So dumb. It but is. you know what? I mean, what are you going to do? You just <laughs> you're going to buy two bands them, like I did. Give them forty nine dollars. Yeah. But anyways, um, so I so I tried on I tried them on, and um, it just so happened that a girl that I work with walked in at the same time, and she was trying them on as well, just to see you know what was different about them because her she got a series three, um, about about a year ago, um, close to when they came out. And I think that was her first watch. It was her first watch for sure. Um, but she said, yeah, my mom is interested in, you know, taking my series three off of me um, for the going rate. And so I'm definitely going to get a series four. Nobody wants my series zero. <laughs> Nobody's asked. 
Nobody will. Nope. So I've actually thought of, and eh, we'll talk about that later. Um, what can be done with the Series Zero when no one wants to buy it from you, but you've got it and you've got a new watch? We'll talk about that in a minute. It's called a teaser. All right. Yeah. So uh, to finish this up, so Brooke, wa- Brooke walks in and we're trying them on and she puts on the 44 and says, does this look too, too big on me? Um, and I was like, eh, yeah, if I'm being honest, it does, does look kind of big. Um, but then like I'm sitting there going back and forth. And I, so I then put on a 44 and I looked at it and I was like, well, this just looks big. Like on me, it looks big. Yeah. Um, and, but what I turned to Brooke and said is that, you know, I don't know that any of us can be a good judge right now because we are so used to what the 42 looks like that anything bigger than that is going to look big right now. I think give it, whether it's three weeks or three months, I think give it, give it just a little bit of time and the 42 is just going to look small at that point. Next well, to all the 44s that you see on, on people's wrists. Here's the problem. Okay. I had it on at the same time that I had my Series Zero on. So obviously it was up higher on my arm. Oh, I've analyzed this photo six ways to Sunday. The photo that you sent me with both of the watches. On but if I had scooted it down to the normal watch position, you wouldn't even be able to see any of my arm. So Marco talked about this and I thought it was great commentary on the right size of the watch for somebody, which is that you, you want, you basically want the band of the watch to be able to curl before it's going to the side of your wrist. You know, you don't want it to come just straight down from the watch because the whole watch face is covering your whole wrist. Like basically, cause then you, you look want, like a child wearing a watch. That's how most children look like way. when they're wearing yeah, a yeah, watch. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. they're just so big to some, to some extent. So I don't like, I have a seven inch wrist, um, which is like 170 millimeters or so. Um, so I, I think the 44 will work for me. Um, and, and I think there's, there's something to the fact that what Syracuse was saying, which is that like, this is a screen and that's all it is. It's a whole screen. And if it's just a screen, I want the biggest screen on on my wrist, you know, I don't want a smaller screen on my wrist. And I don't know. I think everyone's going to get, going to get used very quickly to how big the 44 looks right now. Yeah. It's just, it's just a change and change is awkward. There is that. And and the 44 is a great size and it's a great size that could be fine for somebody who's wearing a 42. I think the, the thing that occurs to me is that the 40, so it is true that square meter wise, the 40 millimeter has a bigger screen than the 42 millimeter, but usable, usable screen wise, especially if you're looking at like reading text at all, like if you get any like long messages or one message after the other, then I don't know. There's only so much of that rounded screen. Like you're going to have, like there's a, a narrower portion of that rounded screen, a square portion of it really, um, that, that you're going to be able to use for things that can't go to the borders. So we'll see, we'll see, we'll see how it does, but I'm, I'm excited to get the 44 and to, to try it and, to you know, put it through its paces and to have it be, you know, with the, with the sport loop, try, try that out. Um, 
and we'll, we'll see we'll see what I think about it. I'll have you know 14 days to decide if I'm gonna keep it forever or I'm gonna take it back and get a 40 or I I feel I feel I feel conflicted sometimes because I wonder like how much am I using my watch for? How how viable how how like vital of a piece of technology is this for me? I think you use it more than I do. I think that's absolutely true. And yet I still don't feel like I use it a whole lot. But I my my watch the other day at work. I I got to work, I was getting out of my car and my watch buzzes me and it's like, "Hey, I just hit 10% battery." So apparently I put it very near the charger but not exactly on the charger and so it didn't didn't make full contact and didn't charge overnight. And so I you know, I just thought, "Okay, I'm leaving this in my car." Um, and I, I was already kind of wrestling with like, well, could I just do without a watch? So I thought, well, this is as good a day as any to just try not, not having a watch. The biggest thing that I want to have a watch for is to prevent my phone from vibrating. Mm, yeah. I hate the sound of a phone vibrating. I don't want my phone to vibrate. And yet I need to be reachable enough that I can be notified of something without having to go to my phone to see how I've been notified of it. And I also, I don't want to have, I don't want to wonder, do I have any new notifications? Have I been sending any more messages? Well, I need to pull out my phone to see. I don't want to have my phone on vibrate. I never, like my phone never vibrates because I have my watch on yeah. all the time. It is weird that you, you bring this up because I sit around people who don't have Apple watches and their phones vibrate all the time. And it's always so jarring to me now because I never hear it anymore. Cause I'm just, you know, I never hear my phone vibrate yep. really ever until it's so great until the morning when I wake up, you know, with my alarm, but that's, that's the only time. And then you kind of want it to be grating, sure. right? but it's, it's bizarre. And you, and, you how that, and you don't have your watch on true at that yeah. time either. So it's bizarre how that, that, switch has flipped for us. So that really is the biggest reason that I want a watch, which is seems like a small thing, but at the same time, like I don't want to not wear a watch because I do not want my phone to vibrate. Here's here's the other thing to keep in mind, Philip, is you got a Series 0 watch when it I mean you pre-ordered it, right? Right when I it did. came out. Now I think, was, I think I did it in the morning, so I didn't get it for like yeah, it was a while. two or three or four weeks. I bring this up just to say that the utility you got out of that thing was probably way smaller than the ut potential utility you could get out of the things that this Series 4 can do. That's what I keep thinking. And Same it wasn't thing. even a thought for you then, so why is it a oh, thought for you Oh, it was absolutely now? a thought for me then. Oh, the, okay. The first 14 days of my Series 0 were some of the most stressful time, <laughs> times of my life because... I think I think I even like gave you like not a, a yeah a daily report like every time I would come in the office with my series zero those first fourteen days we just weren't really sure what it was gonna be for you just didn't know like is this worth having because the prices were the same back then right in fact I think the prices were more expensive because there was a fifty dollar difference between the thirty eight millimeter and the forty two millimeter so it started at three ninety nine for the thirty eight millimeter I think I think the 42 is 399 because I'm pretty sure and it started what I, at 349. Yeah. 
It's very, very possible. Let's go to everymac.com. Because I feel like... You can keep this in because people need to know about everymac.com. Everymac.com, yeah, it's great. Everymac.com is one of the greatest resources <laughs> ever. Because I'm pretty sure I paid three ninety nine when I got my watch. Plus, now, plus tax. I didn't actually pay that because I had a $100 off coupon for Best Buy. There you go. And then I had like another 10% off or something like that. Oh, yeah. But still, it was... It was a steep price to pay early on, and they kept coming down slightly over the years. And now that it's back up there, it is kind of a bitter pill to swallow, if I'm being honest. Yeah, because you're actually paying more for the 44 than you did for the original 44. All right. So it was, it was it was 349 for the original 38 millimeter, 399 for the original 42 millimeter. So glad we got that all straight. So now it's three ninety nine for the thirty eight millimeter, or the excuse me, forty millimeter, and it is four twenty nine for the forty four millimeter. And so I mean that's it's expensive, but I don't know I don't know if anybody else in the world thinks of things this way. But I started breaking it down to its price per day. No, 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 I'm right there with you because I'm having the same issue because. It's even worse because I want the stainless model. And yeah, you go through these processes of trying to justify your purchase, right? You do this with really everything you purchase, but when they're bigger purchases, it's it's a little more intense. Oh, yeah. And the thing I keep coming back to with, well, for one, I mean, you know, treat yourself a little bit. Get what you really want. That's That's number one. But number two is I have had this watch for three years. So even if I do pay a little bit more this time, it's not a every other year thing for me. It's I'm probably going to wear this for three more years at least. I mean, so I'm, I, that's how I'm trying to justify. And as I've said before, this series is a series to buy in on because this series is is a rebirth of what the Apple Watch is going to be. Do you feel it in every bone in your body? <laughs> <laughs> like Johnny Ives? I... I want to because I want to feel great about wearing an Apple Watch. And I just feel these tinges of like, how much am I using this? Yeah. But I'm using it. You so wear my, it every day, Philip. I'm using it so my phone doesn't vibrate. Um, and I also, I use Siri a good bit. Way more than I do. Way more than you do, but that's not saying anything. <laughs> and I think you would so I would from love yeah. using Siri on on the series three, let alone on the series four, let alone the series three. I don't know which way that should go, but on the on the newer watches, they're actually fast because there's a whole lot of waiting with Siri on the series one, let alone the oh, series really? zero. Tell me more, Philip. Tell me more about waiting on your series one. So I really, I mean, there are definitely times when I would love my watch to just be fast. I mean, that would be great if it would just be fast. So. I think I'm really I think I'm really gonna enjoy it. I think the 44 will be right for me because I, I really think I would love to just have the biggest screen. Um and uh and we'll see. And I mean if I if I love it, but I think I would like to go smaller, I'll take it back. I'll get a yeah. 40 millimeter the, the, that way. The weird thing for me was that after the keynote, no doubt in my mind, 44 was the way to go. Not even a thought. But as soon as I put that 44 on, those doubts creeped in. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have to go in, try them both on, see, you know, take some pictures, see what I think. And 
I have to go to the Apple store anyway because um, our MacBook Pro, it's not just mine. It, it was once yours. My, my work MacBook Pro, the I key is gone. So I'm, I'm going to have to go make a trip anyway, right? So I'll have plenty of opportunity to try them on and, and maybe try on that stainless steel. See how that looks. You should. You should try them on. Give them a whirl. So the, the, the thing about it is, and uh, Syracuse was saying this on the Accidental Tech Podcast, is that you try on the 40 millimeter and you look at it and it just looks fine, but it looks too small. And you try on the 44 millimeter and it looks fine, but it just looks too big. And so you just feel like, well, I don't, I don't know which one of these this would be best to get. And I just think so much of that is because of what we're used to with that 42 millimeter size. I, now, I don't know which way it goes, though, because it could be that 40 millimeters only looks small because we've been wearing these 42 millimeters. And I mean, it's, it's, I don't think it's going to look that small. It's as much screen. I I don't think it's going to look that small. I've I've tried it on. I can tell you that it definitely looks smaller than, than, than the 42 you've been wearing. Okay. And, but the 44 just definitely looks like a good bit bigger than the 42 that you've been wearing. Um, I don't know. It just, we'll just have to try it out. That's all we can do. I will say. I hadn't really noticed this until I wore the watch. But man, oh man, that side button, dang sexy. Yeah. I mean, my Series Zero, it just, it's an eyesore. Yeah, so it, it sticks way out there. It's uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It's like flush with the, flush, thank with the you. case. Flush with the case. It is hot. Great. <laughs> it's great. Um, there's there's rumors that they want to make that a uh, haptic button. And I can definitely see this being kind of a step towards that because if it was haptic it doesn't need to stick out at all obviously yeah and i th- I think that could totally work but yeah it's it's a great it's a, it's a definitely improved side button definitely improved crown i think um had the, all the more had the clicky feel. i also i have a hard time trying on these watches because the crown is in the wrong place and they are set up in a way at the try on table that you can't go into settings and change. Oh, no. Can you change the, the orientation? Can you change the the strength of the feedback? The haptic feedback? I don't know anything about that. I was just trying to get the to try it on with the crown on the left side, because that's the right side. But I went into general, I went into settings, I went into general, I went into orientation. The buttons are there, but if you hit them, they do nothing. Wow. It's terrible. So I was like, well, I just got to wait until it comes because I was thinking about this. The reason I think that the crown should be on the left side is that a button sh- a button is better pressed with a thumb than with an index finger. The same way that pushing your home button with your thumb feels, for those of us that have home buttons, I wouldn't know pushing so. a phone button pushing a phone button, pushing a home button with your thumb feels better than pushing it with your index finger. And for that same exact, and double clicking for multitasking with your index finger is so much harder than double clicking with your thumb. And you got to double click the digital crown sometimes and you got to just click the digital crown sometimes and it's so much better to do with the thumb. And maybe I will come around to this at some point, but I don't know. I think you're on a, an island on your own on that one, Phillips. Not on my own. Serenity Caldwell is on the island with me. Well, she works for Apple. Craig Hockenberry, okay. developer of Twitterific, is on the island with me. So more people should come because 
It is a it is a party on this island. Sounds like a lonely island to me. It is not a lonely island. It's an island where everybody confidently presses their digital crowns together. 